Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to another episode of Spin the Rally podcast. I'm Brenton Kelly. Today joining me is David Evans and George Donaldson. We're here talking about the fourth event of the Green APU ARA National Championship, Oregon Trail Rally. David, what can you tell us about this event? Brenton, where on earth do we start? My first trip to to Oregon, uh, and I've got to say, apologies if you can hear a little bit of uh, wind noise or a bit of background noise. It's been such a busy weekend, the only moment we've had to, to record this podcast is actually on the road back up, basically through Washington, back up to Seattle. Uh, so it is, Lord alone knows what time. It's five to 11 at night uh, on Sunday night after the most stunning weekend. It, it's been an absolute blast. It's been great to have George Donaldson here with us. Uh, it's been amazing. Uh, and um, maybe the first thing that we'll do, I've actually, I've just turned the blower off in the back. So probably a lot of that wind noise is gone now. Is just to run through, uh, obviously the results. Brandon Semenuk, a fourth win of the season, fifth win on the bounce um, in in ARA. Brandon and, and Keaton Williams in their Subaru WRX STI, they are looking pretty invincible. They're marching away to this year's Green APU title. Um, but there's so many talking points in the event. Uh, I think I mean, let's just kick off with with Brandon really. It, can can he be beaten this year? You know, it's uh, pretty interesting seeing some of his times. You know, he's got a lot of experience in all these stages. I, and, you know, all the rallies now in the series, he's been going for a couple of years. You know, Ohio, he said he had quite a bit of issues last year. This, if any event that I think he could be beaten, it's probably going to be Ohio. You know, he's going into it with a kind of little mindset that he has had issues there before, hasn't really had the best success. Be interesting to see if any other entries come in last minute and actually get a little bit more competitive but yeah it's definitely going to be a challenge for anyone to uh, even attempt to you know win some stages against him and then ultimately win a rally what what do you think george you you were out there all weekend what what impressed you most about that you, you've worked with subaru you were part of subaru world rally team how nice to to hear that noise again well, absolutely fabulous, and uh, I did get the opportunity on one stage to go out and watch the cars in action, and I have to say, uh, Brandon Semenuk really impressed. Steep downhill section, a little bit twisty, uh, a lot of braking required, uh, except for him. He didn't seem to press him except once at the end of the corner, and then flew into an open 90 right, flat out full on the power, you know, driving like a, a, a top professional driver as he is you know he has achieved that level very very impressive indeed and gorgeous to hear that car brilliant to see the Subarus out there with that sort of factory level of support and uh, Brandon is uh, 
you know, he's worked hard for his position uh, as a rally driver and he has absolutely nailed it. A great character and, and a very accomplished driver. I'd like to see him go further, David. I think that's the point, George. You know, I find it as much as I absolutely adore coming out here to, to America to watch these rounds, second event in, in a row for me, I just find it unbelievably frustrating for, for Brandon and for Keaton that they deserve a chance uh, at the highest level. Uh, I am utterly convinced and spoke, spent quite a long time talking with Keaton today uh, about what Brandon could achieve at WRC, WRC level. I was about to say WRC too. I think he could go all the way. He's okay. He's a little bit older, um, and it would take him time to expect to get the experience of WRC rounds. But the guy's got the raw speed. You know, there's no doubt the commitment, the bravery. This is a dude that chucks himself off off cliffs on his mountain bike. You know, bravery is beyond question here. Uh, but he's got the commitment, and he's got the, the natural ability and the natural balance in a car. Um, so yeah, for me, he, he absolutely should go. Uh, he should get a chance. As well, huge congratulations to all of Vermont Sports Cars, to, to Lance and everybody in that team. Once again, they, they did just supply, build, develop a fantastic car. David, absolutely, that, that team, Vermont Sports Cars, I've known them for many years, worked with them a little bit, uh, and they're absolutely amazing. My suggestion to the, the management there, we met them there this afternoon, was look, it'd be great to see Brandon out, out on these rallies with some competition. So, you know, we know that, that they're running one car. Why don't they run two? Run a second car, bring in another driver, give Brandon the challenge. If that's what we need, that's what we should get. The you championship know. deserves it. And, and it, it would enhance their own involvement. I would love to see that happening. Your suggestion was also for them to give you a job. Well, I did actually suggest that I would drive the second car to uh, to, um, to to push uh, Brandon a little bit, you know, obviously. But uh, I think my, my three-day uh, uh, driving course at Dirt, Dirtfish has confirmed my fabulous ability, so it should happen. <laughs> Brenton, back to you. I mean, you've got to tell us now. The fight for second place. First of all, we've got to say massive congratulations to Jeff Seahorn. Uh, I'm pretty sure is, uh, he was second in Olympus, so second consecutive second place. Great and, and thoroughly, richly deserved. You know, super consistent. Had a, a, a number of issues with the car through, certainly through today with the throttle response and, and all sorts and a bit of overheating, what have you. He's did a great job, done a great job. But we have to pay tribute to, to our own Sam Albert and that unbelievably brilliant Ferrari engine Subaru. You spoke to him. You were the only one that spoke to him after after the event. It ended in heart, heartbreak again, but not before he he thrilled the eyes and ears of, of all of all of Oregon. Yeah, you know it was cool to see Sam at Olympus. Uh, the few stages we got to see him, got to see him a lot on Shakedown. Actually, hear that car quite a bit. Talked to him quite a bit at the end of day two, and just kind of got an idea for what how he was getting comfortable with the car, how he was driving it different from Olympus. And I told him I did notice that it sounded a little bit different than Olympus. And he basically said that he's getting more comfortable driving it higher up in the power band, kind of how that motor is designed to drive. He even changed his shift lights a little bit so that he knew if the shift lights were fully off, he was driving at too low of RPMs. So bit better sound, 
out coming out of that car, and I don't think anything one thought that was possible to sound even better after hearing it at Olympus. But he's definitely getting more comfortable driving that car in the higher RPMs, exploring that power band more, and it showed. It reflected in the times. You know, after uh, day two, Seahorn was kind of trading times a little bit uh, with Sam, and Sam was taking time out of him here or there, and it affected Seahorn. You could see it when he came off stage. You know, he said he's topping out the car. He felt that he had kind of tapped out the power where he was, and it was more or less just trying to stop Sam from taking time out of him. And after talking to Sam, his plan was to just attack and actually go for the second place. So it was really cool to see all that develop. Uh, I was completely gutted when you know we were at this end of Boyd Loop 2, I believe it was, that Sam ended up blowing the differential. You know, everyone thought he was going to have so many other issues with the car, mechanical stuff going around, and it ended up just being the diff. We did hear that at the stage start it was leaking a bit, so, you know, maybe he'd cracked it, maybe it was light on fluid before it actually did kind of grenade itself, but he sent me a photo of it on while well, he was still on stage, and, I mean, there was just diff fluid everywhere. It was completely destroyed, so yeah. great to see the battle. Really gutted to see him get out of there and not be able to finish uh, the whole rally and continue to battle with Seahorn. I think they were, you know, less than 30 seconds apart at that point, so... He had the potential there to get second place. But. No, he, he did. George, I mean, you've been at the heart of a lot of car development, and Brenton, we talked about this in in uh, Olympus, that, that, you know, as he progresses through the development of the car, you, you're just going to start to, you'll find one weak spot, and then you move on to the next, and the next, and the next. George, that that's a process you have to go through. You do. Uh, and you, it takes time, doesn't it? You absolutely do, uh, David. And, and, and you know, that, that type of occurrence does happen. But in this case, what has failed is a part that shouldn't be failing, you know? I mean, I guess probably what Sam's gonna to have to look at is Park's life. He's putting a little bit more power through those diffs. Those Subarus can take, those Subaru transmissions can take huge power. So, but he, what he's now doing, he's given it power in a different way. The power's arriving differently to it normally does in a Subaru. So maybe his Park's life for things like the diff, you know, he's going to have to strip it apart every couple of hundred miles, check the bearings, fit new seals, make sure all the gears are meshing right, your engineer blew them up, re-torque re, re them, re-preload them, and, and make sure it's right. It's a different maintenance re regime. He will have to adapt to make sure that car's right. But he had no issues at all in this rally, as far as I'm aware, with any of his core design engineering once again that car gave us the gorgeous the absolutely wonderful howl of a v8 engine it's a cross between a lancia stratos and a formula one car when they reft 17 18 000 rpm not that he is but that engine boy does it sing david i love it yeah no it it, it absolutely does and i think probably we we really we've got the opportunity we spoke to all three of them uh or you spoke certainly spoke to um, to Sam Brenton let's run those interviews in and you, you can hear for yourselves what people are saying at the end of the event to start with his Brandon followed by Jeff Seahorn and Sam Albert yeah I mean great this is, uh, this is the target and we're stoked to be here and and get through this long event you know it's the only three-day event we have on uh, the ARA championship um, so it's just yeah it's a good one to wrap up and it's definitely a lot uh, more treacherous conditions this year with the heat and how dry it was and uh, just the stages seem to be a little bit rougher obviously we've run these so many years now that uh, 
they've definitely seen some wear, and so there's some more ruts forming and rocks showing than, than normal. Uh, tell me a little bit about your feeling with the difference of the stages from yesterday to today. Would you feel like you're pushing a little bit harder today, or was the tighter stuff a little easier to push on? Uh, no, I don't think really the speed changed too much. Yesterday, I, I really like Saturday stages, so I think just naturally I was driving them uh, at a pace that was exciting. Um, and then today, we just kind of, the stages are, are, are more simple, so it's easy to, to be more aggressive without feeling like you're taking risks. Uh, so I, I think the pace was naturally just higher today because the stages are that fast. Um, but yeah, overall, I'd say we kind of managed our pace throughout the whole rally. We kind of knew what we were going to come in and do and uh, try and obviously stay out of trouble. And, and we did. So it was good. Four for four this year. What is your plan for Ohio? I mean, Ohio is a whole different beast. Uh, really tricky roads. Uh, We've had some success there, and then you know last year wasn't great for me and Keaton. Uh, we made some bad tire choices and just didn't seem to find the pace. So hopefully we can go there this year and and find a, a, a better a better speed on those stages and um, maybe have a better road position. And uh, you know we'll see we'll see what the competition brings, but I feel like it's going to be a bit of a bit of a battle. Yeah, I try to be more smooth and just commit. Um, I know I'm not going to be going as fast on the straightaways, so I try and, you know, cue off a of Brandon brake later. I know he's probably carrying another 15 miles an hour, so you kind of have to remember, okay, we're not going as fast, so I need to brake later to try and carry more speed in the corner, so you kind of make up some time there. Uh, just try and commit as much as you can and trail brake in to, as late as you can keep the car cleaner coming out because a lot of sideways um, load on the car actually increases, it puts more boost and overheating and it just doesn't help anything when you're having issues like that. So, which, um, yeah, we kind of tried to uh, take care of this weekend because we're just, just frustrated and struggling. But, you know, it takes a really world-class team to do, to be on the top out here. And, you know, when I need to go talk to my engineer, my engine developer, and my builder, which is all me, so I don't know if I need to fire him or what, but um, you know, it's just, it's it's a very tough sport. And it's, uh, you know, you get, it's hard to test these things when you're, when you don't have a test road or anything, so we kind of show up and this is our test and every rally you can try to improve, improve a little bit. Well, disappointing day to say the least. Uh, we made it to the second loop of Sunday and we just blew the rear diff got a giant hole in the case and uh, we're not mobile. So that ends our Oregon Trail Rally. It sucks to uh, fall out of grease when we're in an overall podium position, but that's how things go. Uh, until next time. An amazing fight, you know, that, that battle at the for second place, obviously uh, Brandon was, was a little bit ahead. Uh, again, you know, he does, he seems to be in a sort of different league um, this year. Third place, Javier Alvarez, a great, another great solid performance from him. Brenton, sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, he seemed very consistent the whole rally. Talked to him at the end of a few stages, and it really didn't seem like he was trying anything different, just really holding his pace and, and having a good time. And, you know, that paid off for him in the end. Yeah, no, he did. Now, the one we have to talk about, and the one that is going to take up a huge amount of this podcast is undoubtedly the 16 year old Leah Block in a Subaru BRZ who set two second fastest times today through Sunday. 
you yeah. know, you kind of almost run out of superlatives already. She, she, she just, she seems to have it all. You know, yesterday through Saturday, there were some issues with the car. The car was overheating quite a lot, but at no point did she get stressed or phased. Okay, she's got the brilliant Rihanna Gelsomino alongside her, who's been around for for a while now. It's a long, <laughs> I was going to say, sorry, Rhea, I was going to say a long while. Uh, I don't want to make you sound old. You're certainly not. Uh, even though you can't do a handstand to warm yourself up before the start of a stage, that's disappointing. Uh, but great, great um, ability to control the, the inside of the car from Rhea. But I was super impressed that that um, that Leah just didn't lose her head at all yesterday. Yeah, you know, Leah is only 16 years old, but she is from a very competitive family, obviously, and she has been competing for a long time, you know. I believe in 2016, 2018, maybe 2018, I believe it was. She started racing side by sides. I think only then it was a, you know, 150 cc two seater. She was getting into competition, doing some door to door racing there. So, being 16 years old, getting in a full size car and actually competing and, and putting down stage times like that is pretty amazing to see. But she's very seasoned, has a lot of experience in a bunch of different types of vehicles, and it shows today. I mean. George, you know, when 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 you're a four, not many 14-year-olds are jumping into a 1,400 horsepower unicorn uh, and doing donuts in it. I mean, that when you're used to that kind, not used to that kind of power. Of course, she's not used to it. But it, talking a lot with Lucy today, it was it was really quite insightful because Lucy was saying, you know, she's just not scared of the speed. In in the same way that you know. My, you know, my son is a lot younger than me. Obviously, we we get to the top of a mountain bike trail, and Ollie lets the brakes off and just flies down the hill. Whereas, you know, I, I think as with age, you get a bit more to lose, perhaps. But she seems to have that that kind of youthful exuberance for just cracking on, doesn't she? Dave, uh, David, it's exactly as you said. Did you just you, call me you, Dave? I, I, I just, just to be clear. Just to be clear. David, <laughs> there's not a fourth person in this this podcast, and there's certainly not a Dave in there's, here. There's not a Dave in here. If he was, he's some angry bloke at the back that we don't really don't want to speak to. So, David, <laughs> to make this clear, look, you know, so much to say about, about Leah. Really, it, it, it's it's amazing. I watched her again. I had the privilege of watching her. She was the only. She drove in exactly the same style as Brandon down that hill. That yeah. I watched. I watched him down the hill. It was about quarter of a mile, four five hundred meter uh, yards. Sorry, down that hill, into a, an open ninety degree right that narrowed at the finish, but the, the corner stayed sweeping. She was one of only two cars that really nailed the power early on in that corner. But she was definitely one of only two cars that, that accelerated in between each corner down this very steep little escarpment, four hundred four hundred yards down four corners she was full on the power or full on the brakes the car maintained control the whole way down really kept the speed on flew around that corner and disappeared off into sight dusting us all very very beautifully now that level of commitment exactly what you're talking about um, the times that she's producing been producing are amazing what we've got here is an opportunity we've got a Michel Mouton in the making. And I don't say that lightly because I, I respect Michel Mouton so much, but Michel would love somebody to come and challenge her her, her mantle, her heritage, and, and, and match it. And you know what? Leah Block, I think, is that girl. 
She's got, she, she's displaying this amazing speed, this amazing ability, this amazing composure at 16 years old. Yes, please, bring it on. Let's get that girl developed and she's in the right team to do it. The team manager, Derek Donsey, I'm sure he's got a plan. I know that he'll have a plan. I, I hope, I hope mum, who's undoubtedly, um, you know, still, still influencing what's happened. I'm sure she'll trust Derek to take the direction of, and, and I mean let's hope Leah gets to a chance to make that leap. Yeah that's that's the point you know within that team to have you know such a, a supportive mum in, in Lucy and you know such a supportive family around her but to have Derek there you know Derek has been there he's done it he knows you know he's known Leah from you know when she was when she was born he's known her entire life and it's up to have somebody like Derek such an experienced hand talking to him tonight about that plan you know there's there's so many options uh, and Derek's across all of them it's it's tremendously reassuring for them to know that he's there uh, and, and he's got the best interest at heart and yeah it was it was superb great great performance from Leah and again from Lucy you know another she just keeps bringing these results home um, Lucy obviously was in the in the Fiesta Rally 3 it's kind of difficult for her in a way and it's not at all because she she has been a little bit overshadowed by Leah in a two-wheel drive car but it you know Lucy's the first to hold her hands up and just say that Leah is the future she is an outstanding talent uh, and it was just again it was an absolute privilege to to see her on the on the stages yeah D David absolutely amazing and her comments at the end of the last stage as, as Leah's time came through, she waited for it to come through. Of course, there were only a few cars apart. And she said, what's going to happen when she puts Leah in this car, meaning her R3 car? We're going to see another step in performance. And let's just underline what Leah was doing today. She was coming down that hill that I saw and every, every yard of the stages that she's done in a two-wheel drive car. You know, it's much harder to drive than all those Subarus that she's taking on, all yeah. those R3 Fiestas. It's got a little bit more power, uh, and it, it is, it's a fabulous car, make no mistake, it is a brilliant car, but she's got two-wheel drive versus four-wheel drive on loose, slippery gravel. This was an unbelievably slippery gravelly event across yeah. between New Zealand and Finland. It's high speed, okay, there are technical sections, but beautiful, big, wide flowing roads. Fantastic to drive in a real-wheel drive car, but my God, it's much faster than a four-wheel drive. That just amplifies her achievement today. It does. And once again, let's let's tune in and and listen to a few words of Leah. I mean, from day one, we were um, quite a bit back, and we lost some time on on the second day just because of overheating. Um, it was a lot harder here than it's been the first two times I've um, raced here, but just. Today was really good, windy, nice and cool, and the, this I really love these stages, super fast, and we were just able to get it done, so I'm super hyped about it. Girl, I heard some uh, second place overall stage times as well. Yeah, so I think stage 16 and 17, we got uh, second overall twice, and then third and fourth after that. So it's really crazy, like this is a two-wheel two drive, and it's rear-wheel drive, and we are up there with um, in front of the four-wheel drive Subarus, which is really cool. 
So going into day three, I know you were sitting third place this morning. Tell me a little bit about your mindset going into today. You know, were you planning on pushing or do you feel like you're just kind of getting more comfortable and the speed came naturally? Um, yeah, definitely we were. I was looking to push just because I wanted the overall win, but at the same time, I definitely would rather take a third over um, a DNF. So just trying to push slowly and um, chip, like, um, chip off a little bit of time every stage, you know. She wasn't the only two-wheel drive winner. We, we have to say a massive congratulations to Chris Miller, uh, the husband of our own fabulous lead instructor, Brenton, Michelle. Lead instructor, Michelle, Michelle Miller, who in her own right is a brilliant driver and a superb co-driver to Josie Rimmer, obviously. Uh, but Chris Miller won, I, I've been writing a little bit about this already. He won um, regional two-wheel drive by 0.2 of a second after a, a stunning final stage fight with Julian Seabot. Is that, is, he's French, Julian. Brenton, how do we say is Seabot? Is that the right way of of, of saying saying his name? Sure, sure. Uh, I actually have asked a few different people, and uh, the general consensus that I've heard so far is Julian Sebo. Sebo, uh, Sebo. Yeah, sorry, I'm not 100 percent sure on that. It may just be a bunch of people all pronouncing it wrong. It can no, happen no. sometimes, but I've been calling him Julian Sebo all weekend. You're you're actually from the wrong side of the Atlantic, and you've got it far more right than I have. So apparently. <laughs> Uh, sorry, apologies, Julian. You are Julian Sibo. Uh, and, uh, I mean, firstly, great effort from him. First time out in one of those Lexuses, and to do what he did was solid. Um, but Chris Miller, in a $750 Ford Focus, to win what he won today was, and to finish top three, he was third on the podium in regional overall. It was it was amazing, wasn't it? You know the guy much better than me, Brenton. Tell us about him. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's just saying it was 0.2 seconds doesn't even do it justice. You know, in that last loop, we saw him, uh, I can't remember the exact stage number, stage 17, I believe. He came off the finish with a flat. You know, and at that point, he was only leading by like maybe 45 seconds to a minute. And he knew that basically the other guy was... Julian Sebo was taking some time out of him slowly. Nicely done. Times. Yeah. Sebo. Uh, so he was taking some time out of him out of stages and they were kind of battling and you know he got that flat lost quite a bit of time from that one and and knew he had to keep pushing it wasn't like earlier in the day when he was leading by a minute and could kind of just keep his pace trade a little bit of times and just mitigate the time lost. Now all of a sudden it was another battle. It was a real battle. He had one more spare tire which he did end up using in that loop too so using both those both those spares going out with no spares and bringing it right down to the wire for 0.2 seconds was just an awesome battle to see no absolutely it was and you you will be engaged sometime monday tuesday wednesday this week interviewing uh chris all about that car which is it's a very very special car you know ford focuses have a a fantastic heritage in rallying um, but not this precise model that, that Chris is, is, is using. So stay tuned to Dirtfish.com. Look on our YouTube channel. We'll bring you all of the details of this, this amazing car and this amazing guy who's, uh, who's pedaled it tremendously. Staying in regionals, we saw Andy Miller uh, take a, a fabulous win in his Subaru um, and, and came so close to, to actually not, not winning. Uh, right at the end, he was having some fuel surge problems something like that the thing stopped at the end of the final stage and 
finally eventually managed to coax some life into it but a great effort from from Andy as well Brenton yeah you know like you said he had those fuel issues I believe it was some sort of fuel pressure regulator and he does have an H6 motor in that car so a little bit more hard to find parts you know a lot of Subarus out there but not a lot of H6s in the field so the fact that they were able to find the exact fuel pressure regulator or whatever the fuel part was that they needed you know was just amazing to be able to get the car fixed get it back on the road and keep pushing you know, right. and that wasn't the only issue he had was also you know, the windshield came up or the the hood came up and broke the windshield i don't remember if that was exactly on stage or in one of the transits but he did compete basically for a whole day with a broken windshield yeah that's a windscreen to our to our fellow europeans uh, <laughs> and if we mention a trunk it's the boot uh, now george David, you're yes. the same as me. First time in, in Oregon. Um, we've both been to Washington before. We've both done the Olympus Rally. First time in Oregon. What were your thoughts? Look, this this has been the most amazing event. And, you know, for these competitors, this is this is like, a, I mean, this is a, a, a regional rally and, and also part of the national championship. But it's over three days, David. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's been an, an immense... These guys have been driving for three days that's a fabulous experience. I mean, what, what, a, what a fabulous event to do. The atmosphere here has been phenomenal. Um, the, 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 uh, the, the driving, the stages, as I mentioned already, the stages are across between New Zealand and, and Thousand Lakes with probably a bit of Argentina chucked in there, I guess. Certainly, I mean, the, the, yeah. the sort of vista. And just to explain oh, it, I, you know, I, was, I should have done a bit more homework than I did before we arrived, but... Uh, Brenton, you and I drove south. It's probably a, well, we're actually doing it in reverse now. It's about a three and a half, four hour drive south from Snoqualmie, where obviously Dirtfish, the mothership, uh, is. We go all the way south to, um, to, to the border, and I thought we were going well into Oregon, to, to Portland, which in, in, we actually do end up in Portland, Portland International Raceway for the first two stages on Friday night. But we, we came across this river or whatever, and I, and I was saying to you, oh, Oregon's lovely. And you said, yeah, we're still in Washington. <laughs> and it, it just didn't seem to stack up. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting to say that this is a three-day rally. That's kind of a, a big deal in itself, but it's not just a three-day rally. It's a three-day rally spread out with massive gaps. You know, like you said, on Friday we're in Portland. On Saturday we're, you know, an hour and a half away in Washington over the river there, the Columbia River. And then on Sunday... You know, we're driving another 40 minutes south into Dufer for the three, three different days of three completely different types of roads. It's a really challenging rally, really, really long days. If you don't know the logistics going into this rally, it can really hurt you a bit. That, and that's not really normal for, for, the, for the service park, to, or, or is it? You know, when we were up there in, in Olympus, we had service was always in one place. It, does service tend to move around a bit in ARA rounds? Yeah, it kind of depends on the event. You know, some of the other events like LSPR traditionally have been spread out where you do have that, you know, hour and a half drive from Saturday to Sunday and, you know, got to get your crew there nice and early, set up everything. And if you're not planning that out right, it, it can really affect you in the morning. I've, you know, personally had a few times, you know, we're only going to get two, three hours of sleep, you know, reprepping the car overnight because we didn't really know exactly how far we had to drive. And, you know, if you don't plan that out, it, it definitely takes a toll on you. And this event is is really no joke. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's there's been a fair few revelations, I have to say, on this uh, 
on this rally and, and you you are the man that revealed plenty uh, not least when I was strolling around on the what stage is it where we have Mount Hood behind us uh, and the um, and the fabulous jump halfway the, halfway through the stage is so, it um, that's Boyd Loop. Boyd Loop yeah yeah so there we were Boyd Loop and I was kicking around the tumbleweed and just having a great time in the uh, in the weeds when you mentioned that I might not like to go stomping through the grass because of the what was it yeah well i didn't want to scare you too much but i just wanted to say you know yeah (laughs) the the snakes do like to come sit out in the sun especially on the gravel and we do have rattlesnakes out here so i told you they sometimes do give you a warning but if you if you stumble upon one they might go for you pretty quickly not super common but it is a is something to think about out there and it certainly got me thinking and then the following morning on the news on the local news when they announced that Columbia River Gorge was actually now the home to the scorpion. Fabulous. It's, it's been a, a, an entertaining weekend, uh, both on and off the stages in terms of rally cars and wildlife. But George, what is your, your big takeaway from, from here? What's the thing that you're going to remember most? Um, well, I, I hope it's the fact that um, I've persuaded uh, Subaru of America to give me a drive, David, obviously. <laughs> But, but apart from that, the nostalgia for me, normally these days, I try to avoid going to, to a lot of uh, local rallies in Scotland because I've, I've done so much of it in the past. And honestly speaking, it kind of hurts me to go. I would like to be doing it a little bit and, and being a bit more involved. Uh, I don't like just going along and spectating. So coming here and being involved is a huge thing for me. I love it to bits. The, whether it's the, the massive mountains, we've got with Mount Hood and Mount Adam, these are 13, 14,000 feet mountains. They're no, not just, they're not. They're not just mountains, they're volcanoes. You said that we couldn't call them mountains. You, you now have No, no, they are us. mountains, but they are also, they are also dormant volcanoes. And they're not necessarily that dormant. There's hot springs off them. These, these fellas are ready to go, you know, not at a moment's notice. But they're on standby, you know, when, it, when there's a bit of a relief needed, they'll, they'll pop out the top of those. But yeah. the views, David, everywhere you look, I don't think, uh, I mean, basically everywhere I go, it's my reference point. Oh, there it is. And it, but you don't feel like that. Oh, my God, there it is. Look at it. It's incredible. Yeah. So the views, the vistas, tumbleweed rolling down the road. Today was very windy. Massive temperature changes. The one thing that was consistent here was the sunshine. We had lovely sunshine, but today was 35 degrees cooler than it was yesterday. Go yeah. figure that one out. That, no, was, that was bizarre. The, the friendliness, the depth of organisation, the dedicated marshals, the rally community here is magnificent. Absolutely I think as well, a big, a big thing to talk about as well. You know, you're dead right about that, that sense of community. We, you get it completely with, with all of the competitors at Green APU. Uh, ARA. We've obviously been running our Dirtfish Live Centre for the second event in succession here and just the gratitude from the marshals, from the crews, from the co-drivers, everybody is just it's genuinely humbling um, to, to feel that appreciation and that love throughout the community but we really also have to talk about Team Dirtfish here again. You know what, uh, a sensational performance from, from everybody obviously led from the front by instructor Sam Albert, you know, he really did lead the charge. But, you know, we had so many, so many others, didn't we, Brenton? You know, there was 
now we're gonna we are almost certain to forget somebody let's not do that we had let's start with with the one who had the toughest weekend sean edwards uh sean edwards and kendra miller in their volvo 240 that tell us tough weekend for them brenton yeah, you know, Sean's been working on this car for weeks. That that car has traded hands a few times to a few different Dirtfish employees. I think this is the, the third employee to own the car and probably the fourth or fifth to compete in it. But he had so much work, so much effort put into it. And, you know, a car like that, pretty old, tough to work out all the kinks without shaking it down too much. You know, this is only his second rally, really still getting everything figured out with the car. Uh, tough, you know really gutted when we on Friday night in Portland didn't see him come across the finish line something simple you know it could have been something as simple as a fuel line we heard it just wasn't getting fuel car cut out and he just had to pull right over day two they thought they had that all sorted out and it sounded like then they had a broken axle right at the start and he ended up with a, a DNS you know he told us he learned what a DNS was on Saturday morning he didn't even know that existed went out <laughs> out of the first time control and and couldn't get his axles going, lost all power or lost all driveline power and ability to move and wasn't able to even start the stage. And then uh, got that sorted out for day three and actually got to see him on stage, got some stages completed and brought it home to the finish. Yeah. And Jason Coachell, again, massive, massive pace from him uh, in, in, in an X school Subaru. You know, if you, if you want a, a great rally car, I'm sure probably there's still one one or two Subarus hanging around that we could we could do you a deal on uh, from the school he was a great ambassador as usual but had a bit of an issue on I think was it the final stage on Sun Saturday or the no it was penultimate stage Saturday where the car popped up and and did some damage to the left rear didn't it yeah I'm not sure exactly what he hit uh, like you said on the penultimate stage there he hit something kind of car jumped up scooted across the stage and both his uh, lateral links were just completely bent. One almost at a 90 degree angle. You know, luckily they were aluminum, so he was able to still drive it out back to service and get going. But unfortunately, he, he was leading the regional at that point, and unfortunately, it, it kind of ended his ability to to win the rally. You know, with a, whatever the super rally penalty is now, he started back on Sunday, still was able to have some fun, but ultimately not able to get the win, and, and that was kind of his goal going for it. Yeah. And I think it, there must be something about Dirtfish that we are uh, bringing our instructors with these exceptional sounding cars. Because you've got to look at Roman's, Roman Bellio's um, BMW. What is it? It's the three liter in that, isn't it? I'm not sure the exact motor. It's, it's the E36. There's a couple different versions of that. The S50, the S52, I believe. Not sure which one he has in that car. But it is quite interesting and, and great car to hear. Just that, that straight six just rips, sounds so pure, so smooth. And, you know, every time we saw him and every time he saw a spectator corner, he, he was no, had no fear getting after it a little bit and really letting everyone hear that. Yeah. And Eric Schaffhauser, another super brilliant instructor and just a, an absolute genius uh, when it comes to, to, to creating graphic illustrations logos liveries the whole nine yards uh, the guys works wonders he is also a wicked co-driver um and co-drove it was it, it was in it was it a, a, another one of those lexus yeah it was one of the lexuses i'm not sure the exact number of the lexus you know there's a couple different models and they all look very similar but it was richie he richo healy though he's uh he's a, he's been a student at the school 
that, that was driving. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. The yes, the the guy that was driving the car was a, a former student, I believe, of Eric's as well. So they they've already spent some time in other cars together at the school, obviously. And Eric got the opportunity to co-drive for him, and the guy was just, I mean, all smiles, full grin, ear to ear after the first stage. Uh, on PIR, he came to the finish line and he was screaming, I did it, I did it, I finally <laughs> finished my first rally stage. So, you know, it's a great opportunity to be able to, to pass that knowledge. I'm sure Eric was, you know, just as happy as he was, you know, getting to sit in the car and instruct him prior to the event and then, you know, sitting in the passenger seat with him for his first stage. Yeah, and then, of course, uh, Josie Rimmer and Michelle Miller in the Subaru BRZ. Josie, it's, it's her, you know, it's a second event, you know, second ARA round. She did Olympus, uh, and she did obviously, obviously here. These are big, big rallies for her to be stepping up to and stepping into in a car that is, you know, it's a proper flat-out race car. That thing, big old sequential box. You know, it's an edgy car to drive, isn't it? That that supercharged BRZ. Yeah, you know, it's a great car with the supercharged, full sequential. Good double A arm suspension setup. It's a proper, proper car. And you know, she's not just diving into a proper car, but she's diving in, writing her own notes completely. You know, yeah. I, I personally probably got five to ten rallies in before I even attempted to write my own notes, and that's a lot to do. You know, it's a big challenge to write your own notes and, and trust them. You know, the Jembas are a little bit safer, a little bit easier to work with, but she wants to push herself, she wants to learn notes. And that takes some time to build confidence. And we saw her times kind of reflect that throughout the rally, you know, getting more comfortable, like she said, on the first or on the second day where they're actually on the real stages. Over those blind crests, she, she wasn't trusting her notes yet. But at the end of today, she said she was actually trusting the notes, willing to push it a bit more. You know, Michelle being in the passenger seat, obviously giving her that little bit extra confidence, but the co-driver can only do so much. You really have to trust your own notes to be able to push yourself. Yeah, no, she's, the, the two of them, Josie and Michelle, you know, they haven't just jumped in at the deep end, they've jumped in at the very deepest end, and, and they're absolutely swimming brilliantly, so I, great to see, and just the smiles at the end of every stage, and that's the thing, you know, it's a, it's a running theme throughout this this whole event, and throughout the whole of, of ARA, people smile, people love the sport of rallying out here, uh, and we have absolutely adored this weekend, it's been an absolute ripper. Uh, so thank you, Brenton. This was your podcast. I am going to close it out for you because the weather has closed in quite a lot here, and you're, George is doing a fantastic job holding the mic for you there. Uh, but it's full focus on the road ahead, obviously. Um, that's it from us here at Spin. You are in for another treat, though. Midweek, uh, it's a busy old time for us right now. We had Portugal last weekend, uh, Oregon this weekend. We've got Mythical Cars Rally coming up in in Italy next weekend and then of course it's Sardinia and then of course it's back sorry my voice went a bit weird there then of course it's back to to ARA Green APU ARA for Southern Ohio it's a bonkers few weeks coming up we do have uh, a bonus podcast in the week with Andrea Adamo talking all about bringing Marcus Gronholm Alistair McRae Andreas Mickelson some proper rock stars to Vatsi in Northern Italy for what looks what's shaping up to be just a sensational uh, first event um, so all of the lowdown on that if you need any news dirtfish.com if you need to go back and you really should go back and relive what's been a stunning weekend here in Oregon go back click the link top left on the home page dirtfish live center Philly boots uh, all of them are there we've been doing it since Monte Carlo 
millions of page views, millions of you tuning in and, and, and watching. Enjoy it, it's been an absolute blast and we'll see you in the week.